This episode goes out to my Tasmanian dad mate, Danny McKenzie, because it's episode number 14. Welcome to the studio to join me for Hang On To Your Hat. Hi, Derek. Are, we, uh, are you going to do the <laughs> music first? Or <laughs> yeah, we... <laughs> You never tell me what we're going to do. I'm going to do it right now. Bad Daddy, you're a naughty boy. These days, fatherhood is everywhere. You can't get away from it. Not the blokes haven't tried. If you're not a father, you've got a father. You're a son of a dad or a daughter of a bloke. But either way, being a dad is no picnic. The fear, the anger, the confusion and, well, the love, of course. (laughs) Derek Myers and Dan Lee, together with their special guests, are here to share the highs and lows, the joys and the agony of being a modern dad. But most of all, to let you know that you're not alone. You sure fucking are not alone. Not alone, Derek. We're not alone. We sure are. In fact, we're, there's, there's billions of us. There's, what, seven and a half billion of us fuckers crow oodled on this rock in space. We're not alone. But we just got to start talking to each other yep. about stuff. Do you notice how I'm sounding like my old man since he was here? Did yeah, you notice you when, he was, when he was here the other week how he, he says these odd non sequitur type things like he'll... Go, well, that's the way it works in the environment in which you find yourself. You should have been a politician. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> These very odd things that you tend to re- try to read something into, you know. He likes you to try, try to outwit your intellectual sons. That's the. But that that's, a, a far, that's, a, that's a, it's an interesting father technique that he has. And because and he does make a lot of sense, mm. my old man. But he also, if he's stuck for something smart to say, He'll just open his mouth and start rattling on like a politician yeah. with a slight grin on his face. Yeah. And he knows that because you're the son, you're going to be compelled to read something into what yeah, he's yeah, saying. Yeah. So he knows he can't lose. And I think a lot of fathers could learn from that. Just speak and they will follow. But you know, you know what? Maybe. <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed that episode for uh, lots of reasons. Hmm. Not a lot of Schadenfreude that I sort of was looking forward yes. to. <laughs> I was looking forward to some cringe factors. Like yeah. We didn't get – there was so much to talk about. We didn't even get to, to you know, to get into what, you know, what it was like when you hit the piss and right. got a bit wild. The and it was like, stuff, where, yeah. where the, uh, you know, but we did, you know, <clears throat> another day. But, yeah. But, but fuck, fuck, it was funny. I was like – the other day I was – this is what I was telling you before I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. I was editing and rarely when I edit – like I was sitting there with the headphones on in a cafe mm. just editing while someone was using my studio. And I swear I was fucking chuckling. I didn't, I didn't think at the time it was a big comedy act. It wasn't, was it? Which one? Well, it was serious. Your dad's show when we were talking yeah, about no, I don't, Terry Lee. Yeah, no, I didn't. No, it wasn't. But I was chuckling with kind of some kind of joy. I don't know. I just really got joy. I don't know. Well, maybe I've gone too far. Unsolicited joy. But but it was there was something it was giving me. So I'd like to hear feedback from the audience. Yeah, whether whether they felt something. And please, guys, we've I don't know if we've said this before, but someone has written us a little review, and we've got lots of great five star things now. But please, if anyone has anything to say that. Uh, about how this has helped them, please write a little review on iTunes if you can. Just while I, I'll just chuck that in while we're here. Yeah. But um, uh, what what did you say before? I, I mean, uh, what, what sort of feedback about the thing? How I'd we like felt. to hear. Yeah, just just. Well, it was you know it was nice. So I got to I was I was trying to rib him a bit at the start. You've yeah. noticed that, right? Yeah, I was yeah. trying to kind of 
It's how blokes start stuff, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I was trying to do the, you know, it was the 70s and, you know, you know just smoking in the car with no seatbelts type stuff I was trying to yep. allude to, though I don't know that he did that. doesn't matter. Trying to make 70s. him say it was a different time. It was a different time. <laughs> it was the 70s, mate. Um, but we did have a good laugh at the beginning of the talk and then he got more into his um, professional life in terms of kids and parent. And I knew he'd worked in the education department and stuff like that, but it was really good to get the benefit of him telling someone some of this stuff afresh because there's assumptions you make with family and things like that <clears throat> that they know more than they do. So I got to hear a lot more. And I actually, I went out for lunch with him afterwards and had a huge conversation about the family, about the the plans he had as a father. I said to him, so tell me from when you and mum, they, they got divorced when I was about 16, but when you first got married, blah, 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 what, what was, how did you approach parenthood? And so that was fascinating. I'd never really directly asked him about that. Yeah. And he told me about their plans, you know, the sort of five-year plans they had, the decision to live in the country. They were, you know, and, and that was that was fantastic. But sometimes with family, you really have to ask very specifically. Yes. It takes an occasion where you – and I found myself asking him these questions that I'd never asked him before, and I thought, why have I never asked him this stuff? Fascinating. Is it? Is it – you holding the microphone, I was thinking this the other day, is it, it's either you holding the microphone that gives you this kind of idea that you've got to ask proper questions right. and expect answers yeah. directly that you might not have asked, or is yeah. it them having a microphone pointed at them? I think it's both. That go, well, I'm, I'm under pressure. I'm going on record. Am I going to... Faff about and avoid the question or am I going to give the answer? There's something about the suggestion of a third party, a listener of some sort yeah. who doesn't know any background. Yeah. So, and, and that even continued on when we weren't being recorded. So we walked out of here, yeah. went to the car and we talked from it when we left. It set it off in motion. It yeah. set it in motion. I was asking him questions as though I didn't know him. He was answering them as if as if as though I wasn't his son in a he way. Was still that guy with the headphones with the microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fantastic, and I got to really see, imagine him at twenty three. They they got married, and they had a plan to go to live, for example, to go and live in the UK because Dad's a, a got um, he was born in Ireland, a British passport, Irish passport, blah blah. Him and Mum were going to go do that. They had all this plan. He was going to go and teach over there, and then Mum got pregnant unexpectedly, and that changed the whole plan. Um, so we, we re, yeah, we ruined their plans. Yeah, you fucked or I did. <laughs> um, but the trajectory then, and then they, they had to change their plan, as we all do when you have kids, you know, the, the vision that you see has to keep being updated and you make, um, you make another plan that's strong, that accommodates the kids and the... And then that, so they're moving to the country was the next thing. So, so much detail in the decision-making and it, yeah. it made me actually think... I wonder what my parents have done for me. And then I thought, oh, that's right. We fucking emigrated to Australia right. because of my, you know, bad lungs and bad, you know, chest condition and right. allergies and stuff. Sure, they immigrated to the allergy capital of the world, <laughs> Melbourne. Yeah. They weren't to know they that. They weren't to know that, but pretty big thing. But we do yeah. have to think about that, don't we? We have to think about the things our parents did, the sacrifices they made. Now, and, and those sacrifices... Well, had benefits for them as well. I mean, surely they wanted to come out. Well, here. who knows what's been sold as what. But even so, 
they yeah. they still change their lives on all the time yeah. to for to improve the family life or the kids' existence. Yeah. Or you I mean you look at immigrants coming from uh, everywhere to to Australia and wanting to take advantage of the opportunities and want their kids to g- get educated yeah. and blah blah. They make huge sacrifices and and as we've already talked about, I, I have so much more respect now for my own parents because of having kids, you yeah. know, and, uh, and and what they've, you know, struggled with. I don't know. Road trips, mate. Uh, right, the road, road trips, trips we talked about. You think about it. Would you, if it was just you and Missy? Fuck, no. There would be no fucking road. I don't know if you guys do planning on doing any road trips, old well, school. We, and we will. Can you? Can you do that? Yeah, totally. But, but do you get like, I'm not sure, I haven't really gone into detail about the fame Issues. Oh right! <clears throat> you know right, the funny. Can you th- go into a golden fleece? Yeah, the funny thing with Missy is that no one, when people expect her to be somewhere, they notice her. When yeah, they don't okay. expect, if they don't expect her to be on in a BP on the Hume Highway, it doesn't matter what she says to them; they don't know who the, who she is. Yeah, yeah. There might be a glimmer of recognition. Well, you oh, hear the S this as it walks off. No, but what they tend to do, if anything, I've heard people say. You know, I'm sorry I keep looking at you, but you look exactly like Missy Higgins, they'll say to her. Yeah. And she'll say, she'll smile. And then I want to jump in and go, well, there's a good reason for that. <laughs> she, she just tells me to shut up. She goes, oh, no, very good. But it's funny, when, but when she's at a music festival or there's some kind of thing, if people, um, if it's the kind of place they would expect to see her, they, they recognise her. Yeah, yeah. Other times, nothing at all. Okay. But anyway, so travelling so around can, yeah. is not an I issue. I think that's a sacrifice. I think, that, you know, if you... Mm. If you say, oh, yeah, well, maybe if we move to the seaside, it'd be most likely secretly I wanted to be there. Right. Or, you know, whatever. I was trying to get that out of Terry. Yes. Um, come on. Did you – hippies wanting to go to the country or child psychologists who thought this is going to be best for the kids? But and- you know what I think I've discovered about Dad, which is a little bit – I feel a little bit – well, look, I can't feel bad for him because we – all of us have had kids by our own – Behaviour, <laughs> and it's yeah. not the kid's fault, yes, right? Yes, yes. But I think Dad wanted to be a politician. I mean, I think Dad had big plans to be, um, to do things differently than he did. Yeah, okay. I think he made the best of it, and I think they did other stuff, and they did put. I think they really did put us, yeah, very much at the front of their thinking yeah, about it. That's how it's it'd clear, be. Yeah, and it's for sure. that's very yeah. good for me to understand more clearly now. Um, but I really think he would have been a politician. I think he would have been. And yeah. my brother said something about how he was he'd he'd been interested in being a, a Labor Party member of something when he was much younger. But he certainly speaks. Not too with, late, is it? Really? Well, who knows these days? It's not but like footy. Like, he oh, likes I to. Done that. He learns. A, he has a broad understanding of things. He likes to uh, learn about the social implications, particularly the social implications of all sorts of policy and politics. And now that makes total sense to me because yeah. he's got an opinion on on drug prohibition. He's got an opinion on, uh, you know, all the sorts of things that politicians should have an opinion yeah, yeah. on, and they're all very, um, you know, liberal. Yep. Oh, well, not in the Australian Liberal Party sense, but liberal in the yes, true meaning yeah. of liberal, uh, progressive. And as he was saying, he, he was part of a lot of those, they both were part of a lot of those early meetings for Greens groups and I didn't know that, yeah. really. Anyway. Things you find out. Things you find out. Talk to your folks. With a microphone. Talk to your parents while you can. Get a right? dummy microphone from... Or a Pretend shit one you're from cash converters, get in there, poke your microphone at your parents and find out. You, you've stuff. recorded your folks a little bit. I haven't did. You? I recorded my mm. father. Yeah. 
uh, there was a time when uh, he was, you know, getting on. He was like mm. eight, turned 82 or something like that. Yeah. And I went in there to have some time with him. And, yeah. And he he was like getting more pleasure out of putting it nicely. He was getting more pleasure out of stories of the old days. Yeah. And I it's like detected that he was kind of restarting each story because he was getting cut off. He was getting a lot of flack. You know, people go, like, I get it, you get it. We were just talking about it before. People go, oh, you've told us that before. All right. You get yeah. a lot of flack for that. Yeah. So you get to start your story over and over and over again. It's like the start of a DVD. Um, but I went there with a the microphone and said, right, no, right. tell me about it. And he, and he started talking about rock and roll music. I said, no, 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 I'm asking you about your days as an in, as a as a marine engineer in the, mm-hmm. when you were at sea. Yep. That's all. And I just keep pushing him back to that. And and it got yeah, stories I'd never heard of. Right. I heard a lot of stories, right? And and at the end of it, he was glowing. Yes. You know what I mean? Like the joy yes. of not only being allowed to finish a fucking story, but he was so proud because, he, you know, you get under so much pressure to remember things. Yeah. And you, yeah. And you go, well, they're all there. All those old memories are, are in, in graphic detail. And he, elders he, need. He hand-built, he hand-built, instead of getting on the on the rum in the ship, probably did as well, yeah. he hand-built out of old bits of wooden packing crates a double base. Right. He, wound, he right. found wire, different wires and everything, and wound the string. This is hours at sea, no iPad. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. He wound the strings. He built a double base and they pulled into the Netherlands and some famous radio station there, apparently like mm. world – you know, famous worldwide for some radio station. He said, "Yeah, we went in there and we played a gig, the wow. band, the band from the ship, and we because I had to make a double bass to to play it. No one in our family has ever known that. Yeah, until then, going, you've got to be fucking kidding. And there's got to be loads of stories untold. Increase in increasingly, elders don't aren't seen as a incredible resource for even just for your own personal and you, and they might need to." I think it's because the only reason older people are boring sometimes when they tell stories is because they don't get enough opportunity to practice it. So you only get the start of the it. story. You only get the start of the story. Yeah. They, they're kind of apologetic about it. Oh, yeah. I don't want to rattle on. It's not until they kind of lose their mind a little bit that they just go, bugger it, I'm just going to talk. Yeah. But if they're given more opportunity to talk, they'll get better at telling stories. Yeah. They'll get, as you say, they get to complete the story. Um, but it's a... You, it's a... It's a really good thing to do. And something about a microphone says I'm I'm willing to listen, doesn't it? Yeah. Well well I was telling you before about uh, today's guest. Right. You, you would, people would have noticed by now. Yeah. That we haven't we haven't got so, there's not someone sitting here no. quietly waiting for us to finish bullshitting on. No. There's the, the today's guest I recorded last night. Yeah. Um my friend Paul Mack and I'll get to that story a bit later on just in case anyone was wondering. Okay. Um, but there's a couple of small housekeeping matters to deal with first. Right. Okay. Um, have you got anything, Dan, that you want to? Well, I've got things to talk about. Is there something? General you're... discussions or housekeeping yeah. issues? Not housekeeping okay, issues. Okay. Well, no. okay. So <laughs> we, 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 we spoke during the week going, it's about time we were, we, we got in here and just talked about our strategy for this show. Right. Right, there mm-hmm. is a strategy, mm-hmm. and you're not alone. Is the the key words, yeah, um, the diversity of fatherhood, and we've got a bit of feedback saying, look forward to 
yes. increasing diversity, which is natural. We've gotten most of our our, our um, and subjects from yeah. friends, <laughs> friends and family who yeah, yeah. Uh, tend to be from our same sort of socioeconomic cultural uh, group. We've so got some we're pretty amazing branch out. Yeah, I'd love to do that from a mm. lot of people. Yeah. So, Different perspectives on fatherhood, yeah, particularly definitely. with cultural differences, especially, you know, we, we've, we're a country full of immigrants, yeah, yeah. both new and old, fathers yeah. and the pressure to assimilate. I mean, yes. you touched on it with your Scottish family, yeah. that great story about dumping your British football gear for for the, yeah. them taking you down to get your Aussie rules footy gear. This, or, yeah, whereas uh, yeah. automatic assimilation was a thing. Yeah. But, but, but I've actually put out a bit of a an APB. Yeah to try and get lots of short stories, I guess, or phone okay. interviews or whatever from people that are here. I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated by the notion because I watched it happen to mm. my parents, mm. the notion of emigrating basically, yeah, going away, maybe just from another state, but mm. setting up for the sake of your kids, going yeah. to a better place, yeah. but the long-term repercussions of that yes. when it comes to ca caring for aging parents and exposure to just, you know, it comes up every now and again, oh, I realise I didn't have grandparents. Mm. So I'm now caring for my elderly parents right. without having seen all that. Yes. And it's these kind of things. So it's, mm. I'm not going to go into it now, but this no. is the these are the kind of topics that are all sitting there ready to go for the right guest. Yep. Um so I'm gonna and we would welcome any seriously any feedback if people uh, have if they want to contact us directly sure. or, or whatever and just say have you thought of talking to this person or we we don't like that you've handled something this way whatever yep. let us know because you know that gives us good leads for yeah. for what to do happy to get <clears> an email at info at castawaystudios.com.au. dot au info or at Castaway Studios. Yeah. .com. There actually is a hang on to your hat email address. Oh, I'll put it? it in the show notes as well. Okay. I mean, I if they look up hang on to your hat podcast, fatherhood podcast, that'll take them to Castaway Studios and they can contact you like that. I mean, that kind of thing, yeah. Maybe. Check the, just look at the show notes. Show notes. Okay. Be <clears throat> but uh, love to hear even, even just a paragraph and we'll read it out and yeah. discuss it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, just trying to collect the, all those different experiences at different ages. Yeah. Because I'm obviously. I'm a result of this experience way later on. Right. Because uh, they mo moved here in the early 70s. Uh, and it's all about support networks, what mm. it's like to not have a support network, and mm. all this kind of thing. Mm. And what do you do if one of you passes on or you, you divorce, someone goes back to the home country? It's really complicated. Yeah, yeah. Very complicated. And then the continuity of, of sort of values with parenthood. So, so w when you're trying to bring up a kid... Mm. It's then going to be complicated by the values of the country you've come from because you're trying to prepare them for the country they're now in yes. as well. So, yes. But your history comes from this other country and what you've seen modelled in terms of parenting has been relevant to another country and some of which will be relevant in the new country and some might not and yes. that's fascinating. Yeah. You know, oh, and there's more and there's even that, um, you know, it was like it sounds a bit coarse but you couldn't, it's pretty hard to, to go past first base with a Dutch girl in the eighties, you know what I mean? Because they're, they're you know, the, the, when the sorry, but the, when the immigrants come out, there's yeah. a there's a really common, don't shag the locals is the first thing they say to them. Is that what there's a real no? There's a really common thread where if 
if they come out in the 1950s in a conservative Europe yeah, and then they bring their kids up here, they always assume that Europe is still conservative and the home country is is still is still cool and people don't go past first base. It's frozen in time. Whereas really. actually in, in Holland in 1984, I bet you it was a lot easier to get more, a patch yeah, right. than it was here. <laughs> so they're, 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 um, the home country is frozen in time when they move. In their memories, yes. In their memories yes. and so it's, it's, like, it's like, you know. And yeah. we saw, I mean, we immigrated here and, I, and there were three families that my parents knew three from the same village in England. Yeah. We were living in England for a while. Right. Uh, who came to Melbourne. Two of them went back because of that, that. The memory of how good it was is more driven by the shock of the differences. Yeah. Right. And they are there. I remember that my parents just, you know, they they stuck it out. But it's an expensive process to immigrate twice in, in a year. So they went back back to England and one of them came back again. Wow. For good. So they had to go through this massive, probably dropped a class. Right. If you, if you like, you know what I mean? In that probably yeah. pr- would have just dropped a full class if that's a segment of, of, of how much money you have, your wealth, mm. in that process. But they would have got back again. Wow. But they, good on them right. for going, this is nuts. Nah, we fucked up again. Let, this is what's for the best. Yeah. It's nuts. It is. You see it a bit. Well, let's try and yeah, let's try and move toward that I a bit. Do that. Let's let's yeah. try and move towards some dads and yeah. sacrifices, cultural trade offs and differences yeah. in immigration. Yeah. God knows that most of us, if we're not Aboriginal, are uh, are immigrants even in the last few decades. Yeah. Or come from that. You know, like what, most of us have one parent. Yeah. Um so oh, even someone even someone from you know, even even Aboriginals from mm. Could be from ten thousand kilometres away. People have been moved around. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. and not not by the not by their own choice all the time. Yeah, yeah. So it's displacement. Yeah. So hey, um, we got a shout out to um, Dan Sultan. Congratulations. Yeah, good on, on you, mate. The whippersnapper. Yeah. We'll have to uh, get in touch with him again. Give him I'll, some peace. Yeah, we'll for let a him go bit. for a while. <laughs> um, give him a few months. He probably needs two years. But uh, maybe when he's in ta- Melbourne next time, we'll try and. Get him in here. He's up for it. He said he'd do it. Yeah. So. Um, so that's that's the that's the strategy. That's the one bit of housekeeping. Um, I've got. I don't think you should call it housekeeping, Derek. It doesn't right. sound very podcast friendly. It sounds like everyone's going to go housekeeping. Oh God, <laughs> keep that to yourself. No, it's just. Well, I don't do any at home. It's inspirational thoughts and ideas for the future of. Okay, the I've been following a group. Yes, called. <laughs> That's going to be my new voice now. Because I'm on the social media and Dan isn't. Right. No, so ooh, I've been following okay. a group called First Time Fathers. Yeah. And it's it's amazing. Is and it I'll just like screaming week. on air? Ah! It's, help! How do I get out of here? A Babel fish would probably interpret a lot of it as just a straight out scream. God, you're a fucking nerd, <laughs> Babel fish. For those of you who don't know Douglas Adams. Douglas Adams, yeah. I actually used it oh, the other day and realised that. Too. Yeah, you are. Oh, I think it's mainstream. Come on. Hitchhikers. Babelfish yeah. became the name of the online resource for translation. Oh, okay. So yeah. I, yes, I, but I, yeah, <laughs> people okay. don't know till now, thanks, mm. that I was referring to the Douglas Adams actual fish that you put in your ear. I know. <laughs> I, should, I should have left it so people yes. could feel good because then they'd be at home going, oh, I got that reference. Oh, he means and Google. I didn't need any help. He's old. He means Google Translate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so um, 
that's coming along nicely. And two other things. I've told you about the first-time fathers. <clears throat> yes. So that's hilarious. Right. And I'll get some more information from that. I was going to yeah. go over the computer and read some stuff, but I'm not going to. Those, those first-time fathers are going, to be, are going to hate the fact that I said that compared to two, one is like having none at all. You have to that's be careful my, on that's there. That's my favourite quote I think it is of myself. Of the 100,000 people on that forum or whatever it is, yeah. there's 10,000 people on the forum, there's probably 100 scared weird new dads yeah. and 990,000 or whatever it is um, righteous having done it guys right, who just right. stick around to to, yeah. to feel yeah, better yeah. about it having really, shat their pants at the time. I just, I just have no sympathy for one child fathers. <laughs> Is that well, wrong? Is that wrong? It's perfectly normal. Yeah, human <laughs> human flaw. Uh, <laughs> right. Secondly, I've got in front of me a scratchy. Okay. So it's a ten dollar scratchy, and what do you think? How many pe- how many people do you know whose life, their children's lives, would be dramatically affected by the grand prize on the scratchy, which is two hundred and fifty grand? Like long term effects. Like if I scratch this now, yeah, are my kids going to have a better life? Is that how simple it is? Well, it depends whether you piss it up against the wall, doesn't it? Depends what you do with that. My kidney and liver are up for any of that. (laughs) Well, you know what I mean. Figuratively speaking, it depends what you do with that money. Yeah. If you buy Bitcoin ten years ago and then sell it now, well, that's the same question. Does two hundred fifty million change their lives? Yes. Well, yeah. Or does it fuck it? This doesn't. Well, right. What does that? What does that do? Stops mummy and daddy arguing. Well, exactly. That's the biggest thing about money for, yeah. in terms of a family yeah. that um, I, I can see is that the extra pressure of worrying about the money and the fighting, you know. Can you hear that? Yeah, I can hear you. Trying to win. Holding your breath. No. He's won a free cheeseburger. No. Yeah, anyway, so <clears throat> I, just, I just saw it and I thought, what difference does this make? Yeah. Does it make... Who's gonna? Who's it gonna make happy? Well, me because I like sitting around podcasting and not earning money. I think it seriously is about making the parents happier so that then they don't fight and break up and whatever. But in terms of the kids, kids still need all the things that have nothing to do with money. Do you know? Yeah, but what about time? No, no. Well, well, of course, what it does in that sense. But in terms of buying them things, it's not gonna. It's really not. What about happen. later on? What about the? Let's say I took this and used it to develop our block, right? And therefore, the, you know, my my poor kids had a bedroom each, right? For instance, yeah, that could change things, right? For the better, like they could, yeah, they could. But maybe he would grow up to less understand women. Because he hasn't yeah. been forced and, to share know, a room with a girl. You can argue that, that we then have to impose all these other things for kids to push back against mm. so that they actually get a character, a personality that's that's got integrity. This, this is one of the things I wanted to talk about, actually, about he's still scratching. It, 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 it's not going to get any less loser if well, you scratch it more, Derek. But what if it's a winner? <laughs> yeah, but it might be a oh, winner. Oh, have you not finished it yet? No, I thought you were just... It. I think we're just scratching over the same just place. Just to annoy just you and make Desperately sound. trying to I spent, change I spent the result. I spent about $15,000 making this sound good. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to just scratch to make it a little Oh, there's more. more. I thought it was just a one-strip no, wonder. No, no. It takes ages to lose. Mm. The more you pay, well, the let longer me do- it takes to lose. 
But I, 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 let's. <laughs> yeah, we'll move on. All right. Well, so while you're doing that, I was um, thinking about the pressure I've put myself under. Got to win. Sorry. Have you? Yeah. How much? So fuck you and your pressure. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> how much? I got to win. Yeah. How much? Fifteen bucks. Oh well, there you go. Better than a smack in the face. How is that going to affect the future of my children? <laughs> <laughs> It's going to start a gambling. It's going to start a gambling, gambling addiction. addiction. That's right. Which will rob one them scr- of their one scratchier years. Probably not in the danger zone, but we'll see. Sorry, go ahead, Dan. So, <clears throat> I've um, in in thinking about the podcast so far, I've I've sort of thought about giving myself more of a break. I've I've felt a lot uh, under a lot of pressure as a result doing this podcast to get it right. And I feel like I'm coming out of that phase of thinking I'm doing them more harm than good. That's partly because we're sleeping now because both the kids finally got over their two and a half month. Cold. Hang on, you come out of the phase, but with what in your mind? What? Like was well, it- well, well, that th- th- that I need to go easier on myself about my imperfections. This, I thought this you were resigning. To- no, no, this, <laughs> this gets to what you were saying about how wealth or whatever can help yeah. the family or the kids. I I have decided to go well. All right, we've said what your intention is matters. Yeah. Love matters. Yeah. Um, being, being as trying, just, just trying, mm. even just trying a little bit ma- matters in terms of the, the, how you, your kids find themselves in the world. And that for my imperfections, when I get angry, as everyone does from time to time, et cetera, when I make mistakes... This, without some kind of, as Scott said, he's the stand-in for the world yep. and his imperfections are kind of the obstacles on which the children can forge their own character yep. and personality. I mean, I'm not trying to let myself off the hook, but a little, the world is imperfect, yep. I am imperfect, you're imperfect, be honest about that, be open about that without being cruel and horrible and full of guilt. You know, we, we're allowed to be... Uh, Imperfect, yep. and it's on those things we've got to trust that when they get older, any thing problems they have with us will be ways for them to build their own character by dealing with what the, how they feel about us by getting over things that they may have felt about us is part of how they become stronger people. Look at me with yep. with my booze past; it was bad it would be in lots of ways, but. It's also on the thing on which I kind of created my strength and personality now. So you don't want your kids. This gets to the money again, right? So if you do have um, a privilege of lots of money, then you have to sort of find ways for your kids to come up against something else because they're not going to forge a personality unless they go through hardship. I think about that. Like we, we don't have to – we're we're lucky not to have too much financial pressure. So, But – I don't, you know, the kids need to come up against something. Hardship will find a way to yeah. get you. Well, that's right. Well, you that's- look at, um, I, I noticed this in the in the hectic heroin days around here. Yeah. There were lots of heroin users around here, not yeah. me. And um, I, I talked to a couple of people back then and it appeared, it appeared to be a way of creating hardship. I know- this could seem insincere mm. or a bit callous, right. but it, it, I, there appeared to be a sort of a pattern where when I've only got one thing to do, 
of a day, and that's get some heroin. Yeah. All the pressure's gone. Like it's one goal. Everything else is right. just a life dream, you know, and there's quite a lot yeah. of positivity for a while in heroin addicts. Like, oh, I've got this. I'm going to do this. This is going to be great. Yeah. But in the end, this is this one goal for the day. And none of it involves in making mm. making a, a future for yourself. It's just, just getting some heroin. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's so hard. Which it's has its own difficulties. You've got to watch it. You build your own hardships. Yes. Uh, deliberately. I reckon the, the introspection has got to be, um, you know, like the revs in an engine. You know, yeah. if you don't have enough, you're going to stall. It's going right. to fuck up. Right. Right. And, and, and a healthy amount keep you purring along. Yeah. Right? It's just right. With a few big bumps along but the way. There's a big danger of revving out yeah. and, and losing power at the other end of the spectrum and fucking up the engine. You know what I mean? Like yeah. introspection can yeah, yeah. build up on itself and then you then there's no time for anything because yeah. all you're doing is worrying how good you are and shit like that. So yeah, getting yeah. That, I yeah. reckon that just getting that just right yeah. is the idea. But are you talking about the, the, the way in which um, – what do you mean by introspection? You're not talking about you, obstacles, well, difficulties to we're overcome. We're sitting here. We're clearly yeah. going along the freeway with our engines going when we're sitting right. here talking about yeah. our own father fathering abilities and you're talking about the anger and and getting used to that, accepting that's part of it is and it's part of it. So it's getting this – settling into a the right zone yeah. where you, you go, all right, and you've accepted that – even caring about your flaws is a massive is it it's not a massive step to a goal it's a massive actual solution because yeah, caring that, automatically gets the rest of the results they, they right. just come okay, yeah so so it's less about whether you are um um Yes, the imperfections. The imperfections are fine oh, yeah. as long as the other things like love and and giving a shit are there. Just come on, um, and and then they just simply become things for you to. Well, you, 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 there's going to come a point where they challenge their parents anyway. They're going to hate you at some point. Yep. They need you to push back against in, in some way. And kids will. There's an interesting thing about that stuff to do with drugs and alcohol, and that. Um, there's a, you know it's possible that people go seeking the tragedy against which to make give their life meaning yeah. Nick Cave talked about this when referring to WH Auden saying this that the child searches for the tragedy to give its life meaning yeah that we need to find something that will will kind of hit us hard enough to to make to provide value yeah to things. Otherwise, you're just kind of floating through. And this is why a lot of rich kids, I think, get drug addiction problems because exactly they can't what feel I was anything. Saying. You just need to yeah. create problems. You've got to create. There's got to be something because there's, there's a grounding in that. There's mm. a, you know, a meaning in that. Yeah. Even if it's painful. So anyway, that's something that I've, I've been Definitely. able to do a bit now. Nice. My imperfections are for his developmental benefit. Mm. I say his at the moment because Luna's too small to really... Uh, you know, <laughs> no, tell me. Well, she at least is not Work old out enough. how to manipulate their father. <laughs> well, she can't say to me, you know, I don't love you, Daddy, yet. I mean, I'm sure she will. It's just Sammy that does that. So, well, in my just before we go on to our guest, mm. in my world, we made a cake. All right, next thing. <laughs> in your world, you made Clover a cake. and I, we made a cake. When? Oh, I saw it on this the week. thing. <laughs> yeah, nailed it, cake. So I did put on the social media, like, I actually looked at the social the media. The balance between. 
chronic dietary mistakes <clears throat> and yeah. huge sugar intake versus good times with dad. Now, that's hard, though, to know when to do that. Well, you could do it with carrots, couldn't you? But it, no, you couldn't. You've got to do the horrible sort yeah, of do have to uh, deprivation of, you know, you've got to suspend the... Yeah. See, how do you do that? It's the planning. The planning stage was quite involved. Right. So there was... The, it, it wasn't without tears, <laughs> right? Because right. I, saw, I saw my daughter, who's eight, nearly nine. Oh, you were, wasn't without tears on your part. No, no. <laughs> Close. <laughs> Whenever but, you say that, I assume you're talking about yourself. No, but she built up. I said, look, let's... Let's do it. Let's put aside this time. Mm. We'll get we'll get rid of Tom, put him on the fortnight or something, yeah. and we'll we'll go shopping. We'll shop. Yeah, we'll, we'll make, make a couple outrageous. of shepherd's pie. Yeah, for dinner and tomorrow's dinner and the next day's dinner forevermore. So right? you don't feel bad about. We're going to we'll do a week's worth of shepherd's <laughs> pie, and we'll quickly do that, and then we'll do whatever you want. And her and because of this pressure, and this just means you don't do it enough, right? Like when they get. So intense, just have to get it, has to be perfect. Yeah. In their head, the plan. Like, oh, I can't. And she started crying and getting really hysterical because she couldn't think of something genius to do creatively. And she's right. very creative. I'm going, it's not a problem, Clover. Oh, why don't we go shopping and get everything we might need? Yeah. Who fucking cares? That's why you need to win the scratchy when you're me. Yeah. <laughs> right? We'll get everything we might need. Yeah. And just let. If an idea comes, it comes. If not, yeah. then we'll do the crying later on. Don't put yeah. the pressure on. She's nearly had a meltdown. Yeah, and eventually it kind of stormed out, and it was it was a big there was a big kerfuffle. Right. Wow. Yeah. And uh, I said, look, oh, why don't we just early on? I said, you just think of something. Just go, you know, what about um, what about like a packet of Maltesers on on top of a staircase. Right. So I'm just thinking about myself. I'm going, staircase would be easy. You go chop, chop, chop and just stack them up. Right. And Kit then, Kats or something. Yeah, and then just have Maltesers kind of flowing down the stairs. I'm thinking yeah. about Jaffa's down the aisle kind of. Oh, vibe. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and she's going, no, no, no. And then an hour later she's going, do you want to just do that idea you had? Uh, I'm going, oh, yeah, I'd like her to have the idea. So then yeah. she had to input everything else, of course, because you've got to be careful because you can take – when you feel a bit – repressed creative yourself. Yeah. You could just grab the brush. Like the you know, the year ten art teacher that just yeah. you know, you come home, your parents go, Well, that's a great painting, Derek. And you kind of go in your heart, you go, but the teacher pretty much painted it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they it's like took paintball, you gotta let them win occasionally, don't just no, gun with, gun down. Not with paintball. Ch- that, <laughs> children. That hurts. <laughs> <laughs> well, not paintball, laser tag. Laser so, yeah. You, know, you gotta give them a too. go. You can't just shoot them yeah. all. You know. No. No, you got to. You got to. I, I took them in this week your... actually to laser tag. Did you? I yeah. want to play laser. Long term guilt. We were driving back down from a road trip, and on the way up, we'd passed Wally World or some crazy Gumbaya Park or so, I don't yeah. know some huge place right on Gippsland. Yeah, a big theme park that had been re reissued. Yeah, with laser tag and everything, and was like, no, no, we're going on a road trip. We'll go on the way back. Fucking big mistake. Oh, so they're all said the way then. back and they're sleeping and I'm, we're doing a we're literally doing the last skip the last night in a motel save the money hammer yeah. down arrive home at 10 p.m. kind of thing yeah we get home they're going fucking where's the laser tag oh, <laughs> you said you it bust? and that was two years ago and they still w- were holding it against me going oh, wow. dad is a liar dad <laughs> doesn't keep his promises because if ever they brought that up, I go I I never lie they go 
what about laser tag? Uh-huh. So this last weekend I went, right, come with me. Yes. And I shot the shit out of him <laughs> as a good parent. <laughs> uh, anyway, good. so that's my uh, recap. Um, so my friend Paul McIntosh, <clears throat> PhD, Dr. Paul McIntosh. Yes. Uh, in, in computer science and as he, as he says in the interview, he is more in the human side of things and he's raising two small boys. Okay. Okay, so cool. I'm going to give you a listen, Dan, and then we'll have a chat about it after. All right, great. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I've got Paul Mack, a friend of mine, in the studio today. To fill you in, I was just having a chat to Paul about all things Vespa and I was mentioning that I was going back into the studio to do a, a reintroduction to our episode we're releasing tomorrow, uh, which which covers the topic of suicide and just trying to get that intro right so as not to offend anyone. So basically I said to Paul, yeah, we're sort of more interested in how to, you know, how to sort of let your kids know uh, that there is alternatives to that and how, how do you and what stage. And, and he, he said, oh, right, I'll, do you want to hear what, what I do with my kids? And I said, yes, I do. And he started, whipped his phone out and started showing me Venn diagrams or something of the sort. And, and I said, right, get in the studio. So welcome, Paul. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, what I was about to say is that um, we've got a wall in the house where we've got two bits of paper for the two boys and we've, I've adapted a positive psychology technique from Martin Seligman, which is really um, getting people to understand that there's things that they can do um, to work through things. So I've adapted that by um, getting my kids to think about what went well through the day and why it went well. And then we put these little strategies up on these bits of paper so that they get this toolbox. So we've got a little toolbox drawing. So they understand that when they have a problem, they have this whole set of strategies that have worked in the past and they can apply them again in the future. So um, Just like a corporate kind of breakout room. Yeah, yeah. Where you're knocking out ideas and post-it notes. And yeah, so you're really getting your kids to understand that uh, for something little, there's a strategy that helped them get through that mm-hmm. and they remember that they've got all these strategies that can be applied to different situations. And that prevents them freaking out? Well, they just know that there's a way yeah. forward. So... Um, the positive psychology comes from sort of learned helplessness where you don't learn that you've got control of your life and um, that learning means you stop, you give up. But knowing that in the past something worked, you can apply it again um, is really helpful. So I can read some of the things we've got on the wall. Um, Yeah, this is a good one. Sometimes the most frustrating things make you learn the most. And that was my son, Max. Yeah. Spent ages trying to get through a game. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> almost, <laughs> what age is Max? He's, uh, he was 11 at the time he yeah. wrote this. Yeah. And um, really frustrated with the game and then just sort of thought, oh, I'm stuck in this game. Yeah. And uh, 
I'll turn it into a learning experience. And instead of focusing on not being able to achieve something, he focused on trying different things mm. and he worked out new ways of getting through the game. Right. And the amazing thing is that about a year later, I didn't think the stuff was sort of sinking in and he did a big psychological session with one of his mates that were freaking out over a game and pulled out all these strategies that... Bam. Yeah, so it was like, oh... You feel no. pretty proud, <laughs> proud dad. There's a million ways to be a proud dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it. tell me your, your background. Uh, well, I know this, but tell everyone else, is in, you know, computer pro processes and problem yeah, solving. Yeah, and yeah. computer science, but I, I take a really uh, human approach to it. Yep. So um, I try and work out how to make computers work for us rather than the other way around. Yeah. Um, so I've worked on supercomputers and neuroscience and stuff like that so i have a bit of understanding and interest in how the brain works so yeah. um i've read quite a bit up on positive psychology um which is really positive psychology is um the opposite to what sort of traditional psychology is where if you fix all the broken things people will be happy yes um but positive psychology is going what are the things that make people happy and let's reinforce those rather than trying to fix up, Okay, you know, when someone's not achieving stuff. Sounds um, better than my world-famous negative psychology, <laughs> which is I imagine what life would be like if the worst thing happened and then go, oh, well, technically I should be happy now because that hasn't happened. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that is one of the techniques from positive yeah. psychology. Yeah. Um, you think about, What's the best thing that could possibly happen in the situation? Mm. What's the worst thing? And yeah. then what's the most likely thing? And it allows you to not focus on terrible, terrible things. Yeah. Oh, you get three options and you sort of understand, well, the most likely option is the one that's most likely to happen. Mm. And it takes you out of that mindset of um, everything's going to, fail and it's all about me and there's nothing I can do, it lets you think of the things more objectively. So the being a so the the, the magic that comes out of being a you know a super geek or a <laughs> whatever you want to call yourself a, a, an academic scientist, yeah PhD. Yeah. Is that you it it's it's nothing for you to say, right, I'm doing this, I've got this project and it's raising children. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, it's nothing for you to say, well, I'm going to read up on it. Yeah, yeah. someone like me is like, well. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I guess from the, the PhD point of view, some of what Seligman talks about I don't agree with. Yeah. So you can look at the, the words and go, um, you know, that I don't agree with that um, based on what went into the research and the background. But really with psychology the thing you've got to understand is everyone's different. The whole field is still trying to get its head around our brain, which is the most complex thing in the universe. Yeah. Um, it's never going to be right. So you, you just take everything with a pinch of salt. You try things and if they work, that's great. And yeah. it's really what works for you, what works for your kids. Um, what I'm doing here with my kids is different to what is prescribed and it was just adapted to suit them. Yep. And 
if it works, it works. If it doesn't, you know, you just try something else. So either way, if you if a skeptic said, "Oh, this you know this scientist is just raising, he just he just found a new project in raising using raising the children as an experiment," or on what what's actually happening is you're using your toolkit of being able to research and work out the best way and logically think of how to get the best results. Yeah, it's guys, really then either either way they win. Yeah, yeah, it's they? really thinking about it. The yeah. first step is thinking about it mm. um, and not assuming that you know everything. Yeah. Um, and I guess, you know, every parent knows that they might have one kid and they think they've nailed it. Oh, I know exactly how to bring up kids because the first one was okay. And then the second one comes along and what you applied there completely doesn't work at all. Oh, don't tell me about it. <laughs> I'm so spewing there that I ran into uh, my kids call him Funny Chris. He's coming on the show in a couple of weeks. And, and I was like that. He had that first kid who just slept through the night as a baby <laughs> and everything was ideal. Uh, he's Mrs. is handling it. She sends him out. Off you go. Go and have a few drinks, whatever. And I went, all right, give me another one. Come on, give me another one. Have another one. He said, you were having another baby? Yes. <laughs> the evil Schadenfreude in me went, right, let's go. And I saw him the other day. I go, how's it going, huh? 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 How's having two? He goes, yeah, sweet. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're really good. I go, fuck, I've got to do some research and find something to get him on <laughs> next week. Jeez. But, yeah, you, it, you, normally the case is that confidence is shattered. And I've noticed that people going in with confidence before they have children, very it's usually very organised people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of get a bit of a shock. Yes. And then yeah. they are reborn as very organised but very understanding people. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. But uh, that... That guy, I'm going to write the name of that author you're talking about. Yeah, so uh, Martin Seligman. So, did he come and tour here recently and do a few? Yeah, he had. So he set up Geelong Grammar, I think, with the positive psychology okay. uh, uh, thing at school. So mm. they're that's sort of one of the uh, leaders, leading institutes that have brought this on. But the U.S. Army are using it, and right. Um, so it's really worth looking at um, because it's. It all makes sense, really, mm. even if you don't agree with all the all the components. Yeah. Um, basically, if you help someone stronger and their, you know, to their strengths, mm. you know, they'll cope better in life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's brilliant because, and and I appreciate you coming in and just being able to say it like a human, <laughs> because if you just said, "I'll oh, go and read this," you should go and read this book by. Seligman, uh, because he's doing positive psychology, I might be back in my, oh, whatever kind of zone, you know. Dan's been dropping, Dan, the co-host, who'll be listening to this. Hi, Dan. Um, he's been dropping the name of, of somebody like that, like referring uh, for the last few episodes. So I'm guessing that he came out to do a tour or Yeah, yeah. Somebody. He's, it could he's be the, the same guy. the leader in the field. So, yeah. you know, yeah. he was the one that brought it about. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's um, it's worth. I mean, you, there's lots of sort of low level stuff that you can read on it. So mm. to approach it from a so they're teaching it at my son's school. So oh, right. it's a it's a thing that's happening. Oh, okay, um, cutting edge. Yeah, but well, not cutting edge. It's really 
um, just approaching it from a, a different point of view. So how, how do you get to the point where you go, oh, this is a good idea? Did you Do you hear about it through a school dad or something like that or mum and, and just kind of go, that makes sense to my mind and then go and get the book? Um, no, so I'm actually interested in, so my background's computer science, but yeah. I said uh, the human aspect yeah. is what I enjoy and I'm looking at creating some software that allows people to visualise um, how they interact with the world so they can make better decisions. Okay. And so to do that, like a computer scientist will go off and measure what, you know, how many beats per minute their heart's going, anything they can measure, yes. they'll do that. But I wanted to try and work out um, what things that make people happy should be part of the system for them to make a decision because you don't want to make decision purely on financial. You want to be able to yeah. go, actually, this thing costs a lot, but it makes me happy. Uh, if I, you know, work this way, the the money's no, the the happiness outweighs the money, and yeah. vice versa. So yeah. you, so I was hunting around for different properties that make people happy. So I just came across. Um, Seligman's work for um, as one of the sort of things of researching wow. what things pe you, you should try and measure somehow that make people happy so they can make a really good decision about where to work or uh, where to live um, based on a holistic happiness and financial future that, yeah, that yeah. sort of thing so Really, it came from that search for um, what variables are out there for measuring happiness. Wow, that's not what I expected you to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, yeah, some bloke told me at school pickup, <laughs> or they mentioned it in the assembly and I looked it up. Oh, I, I think also I came across it, what I stumbled across, that was in my mindset, but all in the mind, uh, the RN. Uh, podcast. Yep. They have a couple of um, lectures by Seligman okay. that talk about this. So if your listeners are looking for more, they can yeah. just search for Seligman. Yeah, on... we'll, we'll drop it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. So there's a few there that are well worth listening to um, where he actually retrained the entire US army um, to actually make um, peace. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, so, so it's like the first thing they do when they train their trainers is get their, um, and they'll do this for teachers in school. Hmm. It's like, well, before you, we teach you how to teach your children to be positive and make the most of their lives, we're going to teach you. So then um, you have all these people, you know, the teachers get benefit from learning it. And hmm. what they found... I think in the show it was something like 50% of the trauma was not actually from the war. It was from their wives doing things while they were away, their anxiety of not knowing what yeah. was going on with the family. Wow. And so the personal, dealing with the personal tragedies was just as important as dealing with what you saw yeah. um, over in a war. So, wow. Mm. 
So, yeah, listen to those podcasts. All right, I'll do that. If that doesn't involve reading, I'll have a crack at it for sure. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much, Paul, for this insight and being dragged into the bloody wasp's nest in here. That's all right. That's all right. I'm glad to uh, share the knowledge. I think that's I've personally been through a lot. Like I've been through stage three bowel cancer. Yep. And one of the things that you go learn when going through a trauma like that is um you you try and you know you don't try you make a positive yep. result from it so yep. Yep. i'm more than happy to share my learning so that people don't need to go through yeah. as much trauma for sure we might we might be adding a new segment <laughs> every now and again for paul that is uh researching <laughs> save us lazy people a lot of time yeah 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 I've, I've, there's more to come. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Well, please come back. Mm. All right. Thanks, mate. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so what do you think of that? That was great. Amazing. Good idea. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Good practical help. None of this bloody mindless jibber-jabber that we go on with. Yeah, I know. Um, made me feel guilty. Yeah. Um, the... I think that strategies thing is is really great, and the fact that they can refer back to it. I assume he's still got the stuff on, like the stuff stays on the wall. You know what I mean? Yeah, like well, the, yeah, yeah. Sort I, of indefinitely. Um, I imagine yeah. as they get older, that well, do you know some of the early stuff might just be part. The the hope is it's just part of their, yeah. their life. Like and and you'll remember that there's ways of sort of turning. Um, obstacles into a challenge too. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. even when it's things not as um, life-threatening or whatever, just mm. just that through a sequence of kind of considerations and figuring out, it becomes a challenge then and there's always a way. I think that's something I've always known. There's always a way. And then it'll come down ultimately to whether you want to do it. Like some things... Uh, for all intents and purposes, impossible just because it's going to be too hard to do. But it doesn't make them literally impossible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you could go to the moon. I mean, it's possible. It's like my cake. You can make it happen. The other day I was saying, oh, we'll get mum to make the cake with you and I'll help you decorate it. Because my skill set says, yes, I'm a fucking sculptor. Right. In my heart, I am. I just decided yeah. I am years ago and, and I am. And I told someone at a pub I was to try and get a pash. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> and I operated as one for years. So apart from that. Yeah. So I'm thinking, right, my skill set. So get mum to do the basic cake because I'll probably make it flop. Rah, rah, rah. Right. Oh, no, I want you to. And then I was like, have a little talk to myself. Like, no, okay. let's go outside the skill set. You just have to. Yeah. I but make you know, it the day they were born. The day oh, exactly. I accepted, I have to go outside my fucking skill set. Yeah, you know, exactly. let's keep rolling that. And it's the same thing with this. Like it's not like I was saying to Paul, it's not in my nature to for someone to recommend a parenting book and for me to read it. Yeah, right? yeah. I've still got Scottish Dave's buddy. Now you're going to be a dad or whatever that book is, and it's in my guilt mm. chest, right? Mm. But um, but 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 him coming on here, having a talk about it. Uh, means I will try that technique, even without reading up on it. You know, I will yes. have a crack. And it becomes, yeah. Will you try right. it? Yes, I think so. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, what, once upon a time, I was just thinking about historically how we've passed on knowledge about parenthood. And, you know, like w- women, like, you know, 
if you go back far enough before men were even really involved in raising the children, at least up to a point in the early, early years. So women, um, the other women in the family operated as the midwives and as the, you know, so there, there was this, this, this women's knowledge about childbirth and early rearing. So there would have been this wealth of kind of, um, handed down knowledge, um, and men probably didn't have it at all, <laughs> you know, if they weren't involved in rearing kids. But what we're trying to do now, we're all trying to do all of it, yeah. men and women, yeah. but without the benefit now of that handed down knowledge. Um, and when it is handed down now, it's handed down from strangers via books. Yes. We don't have the family handing down of stuff, which is totally different. Like it sticks better. But, mo you know, like if, if, if your father did a certain technique, if your old man had a certain way of um, thinking through problems to find a solution, then yep. and you saw that in practice, like he's saying, he, he there's a physical action that they did and then yes. he finds his son adopts that naturally because it, it's attached to action. So he's not saying to the kids, read this book and this will resolve your whatever's yeah. going on, give you strength. He's saying... Yeah, I'm. I'm going to read this book because that's what mm. that's in his skill set. Yeah. Might How much do mine. you remember from any of the shit you've read anyway? I haven't read like, anything. No, that, but I just mean in life. I mean, you you oh. you learn things when things are practically yeah. applied. Yeah, yeah. Like I've read lots of different books about different subjects, and I can't remember most of it. Or I've watched YouTube videos, or I've read articles, but fuck, I can't remember much of the details of any of that if I was, you know, I've, I've watched and read lots of stuff about the Second World War and I don't necessarily remember much stuff. It's not until something is you, your, it's like the act of teaching helps you to learn. Yes. Because as soon as you're um, exploring something with someone else or, or saying, hey, how do we figure this out together? So teaching, um, so his strategy of doing this with the kids and physically putting it on the wall it's you know, them doing it. It's them doing yeah. it. There's a physical action. Yeah, yeah. You, you. It's like I think Dad touched on it the other week, maybe about teaching people how to learn, not not yes. what, not the information itself. Yes, giving people the skills to figure out, and that come and that comes into what Paul's saying. He's giving them skills to do it yeah. from a very practical, kind of empirical. Background, and, but, but what do they get? Even if this is turns out to be complete and utter codswallop, yeah, bullshit. Yeah. it's really, really positive, right? Because yeah, exactly, dad doing, dad doing stuff <laughs> for you, yeah. and you know that it seeps in. Yeah. You, you, you're in the you're in the game. Surmounting problems together is a Can't theme that lose. keeps coming back, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, we had. Um, Dr. Higgins talking about going mountain climbing with Dave and, and, and that was a very literal surmounting of an obstacle. And then, you know, and then Dad talking about that with, with teaching people to learn, um, doing stuff, time spent with kids, yeah. doing fucking anything doesn't really matter. It's the, because cause it's a sheer numbers game, a quantity thing to find the gold. Yeah. You know, the more time you spend, the moments will materialise that are valuable. And memorable. Yeah. It's hard to predetermine them. Yeah. Are we are we living our lives so that we've got enough money for a nursing home or are we living our lives? Yeah. You know, is the, the process yeah. is, is all there is. And it's the same goes for childhood. 
Yeah, and, we, and kids are a fucking opportunity to to slow down and shut the fuck up. Look, I was that was another thing I was going to mention. I was I was thinking about traffic again because I always keep coming back to the the gauge of my mental health is how I behave in traffic yeah. because how you behave in traffic might not you might not think you're stressed until you get into traffic. It's it, it um. It's like a lie detector. Yeah. It, uh, you know, it, it breaks the veneer. So if I'm, I'm in, in traffic on the way here today and I can either look at the um, traffic jams and the, and the time as, well, first of all, there's nothing I can do about it, right? Yeah. Other than trying to whiz around in all sorts of different directions. So I can either curse and swear about it or I can um, see this as a little bit of spare time I've got to ponder. Yes. Or look out the window. And suddenly when you make that basic shift to, hey, I can just sit here and do nothing, especially when you've got kids. I've got a few moments to look out the window. Suddenly traffic jams are valuable things. Yeah, yeah. But it's just a shift. You've just got to make this shift and it's remembering to do that. Because usually when you get angry in traffic, it's you're just in it. And, and it happens with me with, um, with trying to rush the kids around yeah, yeah. to get to here or there. But then what if I can show him, if I can go, all right, traffic's not moving. Look at that thing over there. What the hell's going on? And, and then I thought about the thing I was joking about a few episodes ago about how Sammy will look at all these people in the street and want to know where they live and what their home oh, life is like. You can tell them. Well, what, why, what's, wrong, what's wrong with that? Yeah. You know, who did, where did he buy that shoulder bag? Who's learning from who here? Who Dan? made that yeah, bag? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like these are opportunities to slow down. Yeah. And children are an opportunity to slow down, especially when... And traffic's the example where, where you just can't do anything about it. You, ca- you can't do anything. You, you, there's a, a car accident or something up ahead or the lights have failed, something's happened, you're stuck there. But it's easy not to make that decision. It's, so, so I've got to find a way. And then that spills over into the rest of my positive mental yeah. health because I haven't rushed. I've enjoyed the time. I remember a guy telling me his name was William Ricketts. Mm. Do you know William Ricketts? That sounds familiar. Yeah, he was a sculptor. Oh, is this? He had the place in the Dandenongs. Yeah, it's still there. The, um, yeah. So yeah. we went on a. I said that in a bit of a smart-ass way. Right. We went on a school excursion right. to William Ricketts Sanctuary in the. You 70s. attempted a name drop, but well, it's a, obviously people will be going. How's that possible? He's been dead for a long <laughs> time. But we went on a school excursion. Yeah. And he obviously has patience because he's a sculptor, mm. and stone sculptor with a lot right. of body of work, right? And we went we went there and we're all sitting in this kind of, my memory's a bit vague, but it felt like a big glass house or something like that. We're all sitting cross-legged, probably the kids from a few schools. Mm. And he was at the front giving a little talk. And I think the teachers got caught out by surprise, you know, by a, Sort of an unhinged, <laughs> an eccentric artist. But I remember it. I remember it's the only one I remember, and right. and and it seemed like they rant a bit, right? So William Ricketts was on that, going, everyone's in a rush, and and it's probably that it's something I never not think about whenever I'm in a rush. Yeah, I think about no. his words, going, stop rushing, you have to slow down. And, and I even have to do a little justify to William in my head if I'm walking fast. I go, it's mm. because I need to get some cardio or I'm going to die of not rushing, okay? <laughs> I need to do I'm not in a hurry, I promise, William. So the ghost of William Ricketts is actually wow. in my head every time I ever pick up any kind of pace. 
Um, but he went on and on, and eventually the teachers kind of made apologies and kind of dragged everyone out. So he must have been ranting way more than what I can remember. But I do remember the theory was him just saying, everyone, just slow down. It was really going on. But this was Uh, the thing I said the other. Not everyone gets to. Well, but I know, and and it's it's a bit – it's a bit sort of rude to tell parents to slow down and stuff when they're if so you're busy. You're working and, and McDonald's. I know. Breakfast, you have to, you can't kind of slow down. But but within that, the kids are pushing in the other direction. Kids are, kids are brakes, right, yeah. on everything. Now, at least some of those times when they're braking, you can't do, like I said about the Travi, you can't do anything about it. You can't go any faster. So why not? Go in their direction. It's not Take always that. Direction. It's not always that direction. But you know, like when I get if I get home, I could d- drop drop into the chair, Uncle Monty style, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And and someone will approach me. Yeah. And go. Oh, he's not doing anything. Can we play soccer in the hallway? Right. Can we make a cake? Can right. we? It's like okay, <laughs> but that's yeah. not that's not busyness. That's kind of just doing stuff, and they're desperate to hang out with you. Yes, and we've got we've got to really re got to try to see the same events differently yeah. sometimes, don't we? What do we really want? I mean, you've said in the past, are we are we in a hurry because we want to get out there to check our phone? I mean, what are we going to do if we don't read that extra book to them? Yeah. What what ex- what exactly are we trying to get it done for? Yeah. Um. You know, it's you know, happiness is about expectation, isn't it? What you expect from the next five minutes determines how happy you'll be in that five minutes. Um, so I don't yeah, know. Well, it's all easy to say, obviously. Yeah. But we're just trying to – I'm just trying to remind myself of it, I suppose. Yeah. And I, I'm – back to Paul. I want to get him um, back. Mm. That's all right with you. I, mm. I reckon he's got a truckload of stuff. Well, he sounded like he did. Yeah, yeah. He, and I, he might even be up for us throwing in some research assignments his way. Yeah. Tap into that PhD. Dr. Paul. Yeah. Our phone in. Yeah, he can go and find some stuff out for us. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, Dan, I reckon we're done for the day. Yeah. What do you reckon? One more thing. Go on. I think what, I we, have to, what we have to try and uh, – what I, what I really enjoyed about the, the last episode with Tuffy, there was some um, serious issues, but we also told some really great fatherhood anecdotes – he talked about the getting locked in the back of the car and the chicken shop guy and stuff. Yes. And you were talking about your old man with the seagull motor and yeah. your, your mum panicking on the beach and sending the lifeguard and him saying, we're fine. I would really like for us to try and curl a few more of these out of people. Yes. Try and um, draw some of this out. And, and, and it's often not as simple as just saying, tell us a good fatherhood anecdote because you don't think of it. when It's like if someone says, tell me a joke, and you go, fuck, I don't know. But if someone tells you a joke, then yes. it reminds you of a joke. Yes. So what we have to do is um, explore some of our anecdotes mm-hmm. about either being fathers or about our own fathers because there's loads like the one about your dad with the, the seagull motor. Yeah. So we've got them. Yeah. And I think the, I, I want to get more of those out because I want to, with every guest, I want to encourage some of these anecdotes, some of these beautiful family anecdotes and the family mythology yeah. around fathers, around yeah. – my old grandfather used to say to me, he, he spent 20 years sort of 
leaning up against the couch and putting the back of his hand to his forehead and saying, I'm not long for the world now, Dan. <laughs> I'm not long for the world. I mean, this really dramatic <laughs> I do Shakespearean. That. I do that. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? And, and so for 20 years, for as long as I could remember, yeah, he, yeah. he would do that. He'd just stop all of a sudden yeah, yeah. and do this theatrical, yeah, I'm not yeah. long for the world. And then, so it was a total I shock. I bet we learned that of his grandfather or something uh, Exactly. Like yeah. It gets passed down and it's beautiful. But he, um, and then when he actually died, it was a total shock to us because, you know, he, he was right. He'd been telling us for <laughs> yeah. years and, and then when it finally happened. Yeah. So there's all these lovely uh, memories of, of, and I'm, you know, I'm focusing mainly on fathers, but just because that's. What, what we're focusing Send on. Send him in, people. Like I, we always go, all right, okay, we've got guests on or do a phone-in or whatever, but mm. you could write a little anecdote if you hear yeah. a story about it, an outboard motor and it know, reminds you of something or your dad letting you down or saving your life yeah. or whatever, just send it on the email. Or making you fix the fucking pump Look for years. Yeah. You know, and, and I think the reason I was just thinking about it then, like uh, the fact that I'm focusing on where I, we are focusing on men yeah. and father fa- things. I think part of why I, I want to do that too is because it's, as we ta- we've talked about, it's men that are the most commonly uh, inflicting violence on people or it's, it's men who seem to cause the most trouble in the world in terms of either to them suffering to themselves or to others, whether it's, and, and, and that comes out of a lack of meaning, a lack of mentorship, a lack of, ma- of, of male and female, obviously, yeah. but, but. But it seems to me that men and and having an understanding of the men you come from and the men you can rely on and all that sort of stuff by by strengthening that and and that's about telling stories about our our men and our fathers and yeah, grandfathers yeah. sort of locks you sort of um, holds you in this line of masculinity because this all I know about at the moment is negative views of masculinity and there's plenty of them right yeah yeah but the solution to that is not to keep telling men how shit they are yeah it's going to be us telling them how to be proud of masculinity and and how to have integrity and respect for people as as part of that etc you know what i mean yeah so i think that's why it's so important that we're focusing on the male part of it apart from the fact that we are you know, yeah, I mean, there'll because be times we, cause, cause, yeah. because we're the ones that cause the most damage physically. Yeah, there'll be there'll destructive. Be, there'll be times when we're kind of feeling like we've got to justify why we, yeah. like fatherhood. Pff, try motherhood, right? Right, I, I agree. Mm. I know I don't want to, but it's men. <laughs> right? But it's men that but that you, beat up their wives. Yeah, I know. And it's you know what I mean. Yeah, but that's why it's so important. And because yeah. men don't, I don't think we're going to find. We're going to we can produce a cure for the world's violence against women no. by men. But having said that, if we can make people feel less alone and more comfortable in their in their yeah. space and or help promote- doing that or our guests help doing that more than yeah. us really. I mean, you never know what uh, effect you're going to have. Or just feel like it's a shared experience. Yeah. You know? But that's worth promoting. That's yep. worth, worth us thinking about, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. That was all I wanted Fabulous. To- Excellent. Can't wait to next week. <laughs> oh, oh, no, we won't say anything no, about it's who's top on secret. next week, just in case.
Awesome podcast was recorded at Castaway Studios in Collingwood. Here, we provide affordable, accessible, professional podcasting production facilities to the full range of podcasters, all the way from basic studio hire right through to full season production packages. You can get us on castawaycollingwood at gmail.com or just look up Castaway Studios on all the social medias. 